Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Well, good morning to the summit. And to the rest of you, good morning. It is a wonderful joy to be with you today. By the way, you have everything to be happy about. The sun is shining, birds are singing, you're standing up. Look over at your neighbor and say, lighten up, honey. It's a lot better than you think. I am absolutely amazed at the wisdom of our pastor in leadership. I have, how many of you thank God for Pastor JP and Sister Melissa? Wow. Wow. Incredible. I particularly am impressed because I just figured him out. You understand from the South, figured something out. How many of you understand that term? How many of you understand I figured it out? Folks from the North don't understand that. That means you got some numbers. No, you finally understand it. Back a few months ago when he was doing a series on the fundamentals, you remember that series he was doing on Wednesday night on the fundamentals, Hebrews 6, great things like the resurrection and great things like uh, uh, all the positive things. And then there is one in there that is called the doctrine of judgments. And so when he came to that, he asked me if I would speak that particular night. How many of you know people just line up from here to Mobile to hear a message on judgment? So here a few weeks ago, he called me and he said, I would like for you to speak on Sunday, December the 4th. And so I'm very humbled to do that and happy to do that. And it just dawned on me day before yesterday that today is the day following the Iron Bowl. (laughs) How many of you know half of this church is happy, the other half is struggling right here today? So you pray for me and please don't let your Iron Bowl blues affect your ability to hear the Word of God. Thank you. (laughs) I got to tell you this, I'm enjoying this season in my life, Uh, really. Uh, Somebody said that, uh, I read this the other day, that a man goes through four seasons in his life. First season is he believes in Santa Claus. Second season is he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Third season is he is Santa Claus. And the fourth season, he looks like Santa Claus. (laughs) But uh, I'm enjoying this season. My wife and I, kind of an amazing thing. I don't think I've ever told you this, but when we were married uh, a couple years ago, uh, how about 55 years ago that we were married, 55 years ago. I don't recommend doing what we, what we did, but we got married on a Friday night in Louisiana, and we did our honeymoon in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. That was on Friday and Saturday, and we preached our first ministry assignment in Mobile, Alabama on Sunday. And we've been gone forever and ever and ever and have kind of returned to our roots this is really kind of an interesting experience, and it's a wonderful season. We were missionaries for a while. We traveled in, in uh, evangelism. We built a church in Savannah, Georgia, built a church in Jamaica, pastored the same church for almost 40 years in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And today, this season is the most blessed of all. I'm a part of a great church, enjoying the church, and I'm, I'm not the pastor. This is a great season. When people come to me with a complaint, I'm very sympathetic in my listening. And when they say, what would you do? I said, simple, 
talk to the pastor about this. <laughs> Our pastor has been speaking to us for the last several Sundays on the subject or the, the message entitled Preparing for Impact, and he has talked to us about one of the most interesting characters in the Bible, a man by the name of Jabez. How many of you have enjoyed the series so far? It's been incredible. I want to just take a moment, and if you'll turn your bulletin over on the back, these folks have done an incredible job. I want to talk for just a few minutes, and how many of you know when a preacher says a few minutes, that means nothing? <laughs> but I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about Jabez questions, questions that have arisen in my mind in listening to our pastor and studying Jabez. These three questions are actually going to be listed there in your bulletin. I'll let you just fill in those blanks for a moment. We're going to answer the question by the grace of God, does God have favorites? I'll leave it right there. Number two, will the prayer of Jabez work for me? Number three, what should I do next? These are questions in relationship to the message of Jabez. I want you to pick up your Bibles, your iPhone or uh, iPad, whatever you have, and I want you to revisit with me these two verses in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. These are two of the most profound verses, I believe, in the entire Bible. Look at this. The Bible says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. That word honorable actually means more distinguished, more influential than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Here is the story of a young man, a baby born, that got off to a horrible start. His actual name was Sarah. I will make you sorrowful. How many of you would like to be named that? What's your name? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not the way you win friends and influence people. Look at verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Interesting insight. We've been taught all of our life Never to ask God to bless you, but always to bless others, when in fact Jabez begins his prayer with bless me. You ever thought about that? If you go a little bit further, you'll discover it's not bless me, oh God, so I can be blessed and blessed and blessed and have the, the most expensive car and the biggest house and, and, and the most money, it's bless me so I can be a blessing to others. How many of you know that kind of prayer pleases God? How many of you here want God to bless you so you can bless other people? We're taking a vote here now. Southern Baptists like to vote, so vote. Put your right hand up high and say with me, I want God to bless me. Not for, myself, Not for myself, but so I can be a blessing. So I've got to be careful. I'll preach his stuff again. I, I know he's <laughs> talked about that. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Watch this. And enlarge my coast, or literally my territory, 
And that thine hand might be with me. Big phrase. Thine hand might be with me. What does that mean? Indeed. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. You just listed a question. Does God have favorites? The obvious answer is no. God does not have favorites. I can prove that to you from Acts 10.34. Look at this. Acts 10.34, Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no what? No respecter of persons. That's interesting to me. Look at verse 35. This is one of my favorite verses. But in every nation, everybody say with me, every nation. Every nation. I don't care what your nationality is. He that feareth him, or God, and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now, I think all of us agree, based on that verse, that God is not a respecter of persons. But here is another question. If God is no respecter of persons, what happened to the other 44 men in 1 Chronicles 4? Because you read the chapter and there's a list and it's one of the most boring chapters in the Bible. It's this man and this man and this man. Great names like like Pharez and Hezron and Carmi and Kaz and Zobiba. I mean, doesn't that just inspire you to read that? And all of a sudden you come to this verse 9 and it lists Jabez and identifies him as being one of the most distinguished and honorable men of that entire generation. So what, what, what about that? What about these? Why was it these other 44 in this chapter favored by God like Jabez? I'm going to give you a statement. You need to write this down. Equal access does not add up to equal reward. I want you to think about that. Equal access does not add up to equal reward. The Bible identifies Jabez in the opening description of him. It says, and Jabez asked of the Lord. Oh, you know what the Bible says? The Bible tells, in fact, look, look at this in, in the Living Bible, 1 Chronicles 4.10, Living Bible. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Said with me, he was the one. That's the difference. They all had access, but he took advantage of that access. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, look at this, everyone that asketh receiveth. Doesn't that make you kind of want to ask today? You know what James said? James said, you have not? You know your Bibles here. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're smarter than that later crowd because we get up early in the morning. I mean, these are the green berets here, let me tell you. No, James said, you have not because you ask not. Listen to this verse. This was quickened to me. Hebrews eleven six. The Bible said, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, 
How many of you believe God is? And watch this. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We somehow have, have been fed a, a, a false bill of goods that we should never expect anything to really good to happen to us because that would be selfish. No, because our desires are not blessings for ourselves, but our desires are blessings to bless others. Amen. I got another. I'm full of questions. How many of you like questions? <laughs> Two people on the front row. By the way, that was a question. <laughs> Come on, how many of you like questions? You know why we don't like questions? We don't like questions in church. You know why? It forces us to think. Go ahead and tell your wife. I thought it was going to come to this, Mabel. <laughs> now we got to think in church. I got a question. What if you found out God had in mind to send you 23 blessings today. But you got only one of them. What would be the reason? That's not that complicated. You didn't ask him. You didn't ask him. You have not because you ask not. Number two. Second question. Will the prayer of Jabez work for me? In my ministry of more than, Lord, I hate to say this now, almost, surely not, 60 years. <laughs> Don't look that old, do I? Thank you. Thank you. I've actually, I've actually preached on the prayer of Jabez a number of occasions. And I actually, in my church in Arkansas, I challenged our congregation at every age level to begin praying the prayer of Jabez every day. That's a great prayer to pray. Let me challenge you to do that. You need to pray that prayer every day. So many reports came to me. One of the greatest was a, a young student that was trying to go to university but didn't have the money. She began to pray, God, bless me, bless me. Pray, prayed the prayer of Jabez. She sent me the greatest note, said, Pastor Holden, you're not going to believe it. I began praying this, and I received notice that I had been given a scholarship to the university. Amen. Come on. Come on. So will the prayer of Jabez work for me? The answer is yes and no. Now, that is a politically correct answer, isn't it? <laughs> it's really true. You can memorize it. You can write it down. You can post it on your bathroom mirror. You can put it on the dash of your truck. But it won't do you any good if you do not believe it. It is not what you know. How many of you know most Bible-believing Christians in America know enough Bible to run past heaven. If knowing it would get the job done, we'd be getting the job done. But it's not what you know, but only what you believe will happen and do next that will release the blessings of God. 
It's not enough to know it. It's what you believe in your heart that is going to happen and what you are willing to do next. Make a note of this verse. If you've never looked at this verse, you need to look at it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I don't think this is on the screen. I think it's on the Holy Spirit screen. Is that all right? Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, feel the Holy Spirit. How many of you sense his presence here today? My goodness. Why don't we just give the Holy Spirit a good hand right now? Wow. Wow. I had dinner with a man last night, and he was talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, I said, Jerry, let me tell you something. The most important thing in my life is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, I understand that I am nothing without him, but with his anointing, I can do all things. Mark eleven twenty four. You know what Jesus said? What things soever you desire, when you pray... How many of you have some desires in your heart? Come on, don't be timid. Let me, let me see your hand. One of the things I do, I eat a lot in restaurants, more than I want to. Not because my wife doesn't cook, but because I'm gone a lot. But I've made it a practice that when I get through with my meal, and I pay my check, and I tip the server, I compliment them on their service. And I say to them, this food has been incredible. Even if it's been bad, I speak by faith. <laughs> last night, last night, incredible food. Our friends, we had dinner with them at uh, the Acme Oyster House. It was incredible. Delicious. And the server was just, I mean, over the top. I mean, great. I, I do this. I said to her when we got through, I said, could I give you a compliment? How many of you know everybody likes a compliment? I said, the food has been incredible, and the service has been over the top. You have made this a very pleasant experience. I said, I eat out a lot, and the food can be good, but if the server is grumpy, it ruins the food. She fell out laughing. I said, but now, before we leave, is there one thing in your heart and mind that I could pray for you for? I don't care what it is. I don't care what it, it could be your children, could be your finances, could be, I don't care what it is. Tears came in her eyes. She said, you're going to make me cry. I said, I don't want to make you cry, but I believe that God answers prayer. She said, my husband is ill and has not been able to work, I forget now for how long, but for several months. She said, my I need my husband to be able to go back to work and he wants to go back to work. Now you may not be up to this, but I sensed in her that was her desire. I took her by the hand and I prayed for her. The whole table prayed for her. Just a brief prayer. I don't mean a shouting prayer that would embarrass her. I just prayed a few words. But when I got through, I looked at her and I said, I want you to get ready because your husband is going to go back to work very, very soon. You know what the Bible said? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me finish the verse. Jesus said, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe, say it with me, believe. believe. Believe that you receive them, them, and you shall have them. How many of you here, there is a, I mean, there is a legitimate God edifying 
desire in your heart that would bless another person besides you if God granted you that desire. Let me see your hand. You, you have that desire. Let me encourage you today. I believe God brought us here today to speak a word of faith to your heart. Don't you give up. God will grant the desire of your heart. Yes. Number three. Y'all still here? I kind of like this crowd. You're more awake than most folks. Number three. What should we do next? What should we do next to put ourselves in a position to experience the Jabez blessing upon our life? I want to give you quickly three things. Number one, number one, seize, seize our Jabez moments. What I mean by that, I mean moments to be a blessing to someone else. And those moments to our life every single day. If we'll just pay attention. God brings those opportunities. First Chronicles 4.10, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, watch this, and enlarge my coast that thine hand might be with me me. He is not just talking about more real estate. He wanted more influence. How many of you want to influence Bowen County? How many of you want to influence Foley, Alabama? He wanted more influence, more responsibility, more opportunity. Boy, let me stop and insert something here. One of the joys of my life, and I never imagined this when I moved to Gulf Shores, that I would be a part of the establishing of a, of a, of a, new, a new church and a, with a fresh new vision with great direction and a great pastor. Let me tell you something, folks. God is giving the Holdens and you a great opportunity to experience his favor and his blessing. Oh, hallelujah. He was not just talking about more real estate, more influence, more responsibility, more opportunity. His prayer was that he could make a greater impact for God. Boy, I love the theme of this series. Prepare for impact. Joshua was the man that had proportioned the land to Israel. But this man, Jabez, he did what I do. He looked at his portion in life, looked down the fence rows, looked at the size of his herds, looked at his present circumstances, and said, surely I was born for more than this. Let me tell you something, folks. Too many of us are accepting the mediocre when we could be experiencing the miraculous favor of God in our lives. I hope you can put this in proportion. I'm not necessarily wanting to be a better leader than anybody else or a better preacher than anybody else or a better Christian than anybody else. I'm wanting to be the best leader and the best preacher and the best Christian that Kemp Holden can possibly be. That's what I want I to be. I don't want to stand before him and, say, and hear Jesus say, Holden, you know, you, you did okay. I mean, you did all right. Just come on in. I want to I stand before him and see the glow on his face when I step up and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, you good-looking dude. Why don't you dance across the threshold? 
Come on. How many of you want to be the best you can be? Number two, what do we do next? Number one, seize our Jabez moments. Number two, seek his favor. First Chronicles 4.10, I talked about it a moment ago. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast that thine hand might be with me. That phrase, hand with me, is let your favor be upon my life. How many of you here want God's favor upon your family? God's favor upon your children. <laughs> Carol and I have prayed all of our married life for our children that God would favor them. You've, I don't think you've ever met my oldest daughter. My youngest daughter is a member of this church. My oldest daughter lives in Austin, Texas. She is going to do more for world missions than her daddy has ever done. And you know how I feel about that? I'm dancing all the time. I want God's favor upon my children. <clears throat> Number three, what do we do next? Seize our Jabez moments, seek God's favor, and number three, sow seed in the right fields. Now let me introduce to you a principle that I learned a long time ago. My wife and I have lived by it. People look at us and say, you've never had hard times. You don't know what we've gone through. Let me tell you something. When Carol and I got married, people ask me how I got such a beautiful woman to marry me. It's easy. It was my money. <laughs> no, no. July 31st, 1964, when I walked down the aisle and married that beautiful woman, <clears throat> I had a 56 Buick, one black suit, and maybe, maybe $150. See, <laughs> the honest truth. And we began our journey together. But you know what I've learned in my journey? It's not going to be on the board, but I feel to share it with you because this will change your life. Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Here's what I learned. I learned if you don't sow it, you can't grow it. Jesus said, if you want to understand how the kingdom works, look at a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but if you sow it, it becomes great. I talked about Jabez. I want to move to another Old Testament character that has really inspired my life. His name is Isaac. It's in Genesis 26. You can go read it sometime. It was the worst of all possible times. It was an unbelievable famine. The famine was so bad there was no food could, no food could be found and everybody was leaving the land and going into Egypt. It was the worst, worst, worst of times. But God spoke to Isaac and said, Isaac, don't leave. Stay. Don't leave this place. Stay. Wish I had time to talk about it in depth, but go to Genesis 26, 12. The Bible said, then Isaac sowed, watch this, then Isaac sowed in that land 
and received in the same year. Everybody's field was barren and dead and dry. Suddenly there's a field that produces a hundredfold crop. Look at this. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines, this is the, this is the folks outside the covenant, envied him. Then Isaac sowed. In my journey, my wife and I, we have made it a deliberate search to find good ground to sow good seed in. Because I want to tell you this, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time, hold your left hand up. I'm going to teach you something. Hold your left hand up. Say it with me. Seed time. Seed right hand. Harvest. Say it with me. Seed time. Harvest. Seed time. Harvest. Well, there ain't nothing happening. I don't usually use that word when my wife's in the room. When I'm off preaching by myself, I use the word ain't, but she keeps my English straight. Uh, you say, let me, let me change that. Well, there's nothing, there's not anything. There's not anything happening in my life. I'll get my English right here in a minute. Not anything happening in my life. My question is, how's your sowing doing? Pick up your Bibles. You say, oh, Pastor Holden, that's in the Old Testament. Okay. It's interesting to me. How many of you know the Apostle Paul preached all of his sermons and Jesus from the Old Testament? You ever thought about that? Are you aware that Paul did not say open up to the book of 1 Corinthians? You know why? <laughs> there was no 1 Corinthians. Somebody said that the Old Testament is the New Testament contained. The New Testament is the Old Testament explained. All the great truths of the Old Testament can be found rooted in the New Testament. Go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. This I say, chapter 9, verse 6, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also what? And he which soweth what? Shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. He's talking about giving. Look at this. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a what? Now he'll take it from a tightwad. I'll probably never be invited to speak again here. I taught my church, I taught my church in Jamaica. That's the poorest of the poor. I mean, we were in, we're not talking about your cruise docks. There are no middle class, no middle class in Jamaica, poorest of the poor. We taught them to tithe and we taught them to give. And when we would announce, and I taught this to the church in Georgia and I taught this to the church in, in Arkansas, when we announced we're going to receive the tithes and offerings, you know what the audience would do, the congregation would do? They would begin to applaud and begin to celebrate. You know why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. <clears throat> I thought I'd get a better amen than that. I, I, I thought that was a little bit, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> For God loveth the cheerful giver. Look at verse 8. God is able, look at this. God is able, say with me, God is able, God is able. to make all grace 
That's, that's favor. That's favor. The word grace simply defined is unmerited favor. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, look at this, having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Let me finish my marriage story. Let me give you a 55-year testimony. We started out, like I said, never once in the 55-year journey have we been without what we needed to do the will of God. We ought to give God, even if you don't like what I said, you still need to just clap your hands. I'm just bragging on Jesus a little bit. Is that all right? Look at this. God is able, verse, verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, look at this, having all sufficiency in all things may abound every good work as it is written. He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed kept in the barn and increase the fruits of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all, watch this, bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Glory to God. I know that next Sunday is Commitment Sunday, but I'm telling you, I'm just tempted to take the commitments right now. Glory to God. (laughs) Come on, folks. We have a Jabez moment as a church. This is a Jabez moment. You're not going to find better dirt, better soil than what is happening right here in the Summit Church. We are about to step to a whole new dimension of impact and influence, not only on this community and county, but on the entire nation and world. God has got his hand upon us. But are we going to seize that moment? How many of you thank God for this building, that God blessed us with this? This was a God thing. But I'm going to just quote old Jabez. Is this all we're going to do? We're going to have this little, you can't find a place to park here, you can't find it. I mean, we don't have the children's a ministry that we should, Don and them are doing the best they can do with what we got. I mean, we're camping, and I told you that. We're camping out. We're making it work. But how many of you know God has got something a whole lot bigger and a whole lot better that will impact this community, and we need to step up to the line? Oh, my goodness. What time is it? Is it true that this service gets out at 1130? I can't remember. No, no. I got one more question. Do you believe that when Pastor and Mrs. Wilson in their journey and stand before Jesus that they're going to be given by Jesus a tremendous reward for their faithfulness and their commitment? I mean, these guys have been in and out of my home. They, we have a little 
what do you call that round thing? It's furniture. It's not a table. What, what, what is it? An ottoman. Thank you very much. You got to remember, I'm, I'm from Louisiana, kind of from the country. We didn't have ottomans. We, they, they have asked us that if we ever get rid of that, they want that because that's their prayer altar at my house. <laughs> really. But I've seen their heart. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You're not going to find folks with a better heart than J.P. and Melissa Wilson. But, 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 how many of you honestly believe that no matter what we would do to show our appreciation, there will be nothing to compare with what they will receive when they stand before Jesus on that day? Now, here is the blockbuster. Are you aware that according to Jesus, if you receive them as the man and woman of God that they are, if you embrace their vision that God has put in their heart and you support that vision, you will be given the same reward that they will be given. And you don't have to listen to all the whining. I mean, you, you can't get better than you say, oh, Pastor Holden, you're just making that up because you want us to help get another building so we'll have room to have church. Oh, you think I am? Matthew 10, this is Jesus. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. What? Oh, you see what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you something. Carol and I, have already, I have no idea exactly where all this is going to go. I'm just a member of the church doing my best, enjoying my journey, enjoying the season. Carol and I have talked this over. We're praying right now. What do you want us to do to move Summit Church to a whole new level where we can have the place we need to do what God has called us to do. We're praying about that. We believe God's going to speak to us. And I'm going to tell you what we have done. This has been our journey. I've been a, talked a lot about our journey, but how many of you know nobody understands a toad that's been run over by a wagon wheel better than a toad that's been run over by a wagon wheel? I mean, I mean I've been there and done that. I kind of enjoy my life. You probably figured that out. I'm not into boring. I don't like boring preaching. It makes God sound boring. We have never, just in Arkansas, we did nine building programs. I don't recommend it, but we did it. I mean, from the smallest beginning you can imagine. I'm invited to speak to conferences everywhere, conferences for small churches, and when they go you know, they read a little bit about it, and they say, well, how can this guy speak to us? He doesn't know anything about a small church. Really? <laughs> My first Sunday in Arkansas, March of 71, we had 27 people. Second Sunday, 20 of them quit. <laughs> I need to read my book on how to empty your church in one easy Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you. We did nine building programs, 
When I stepped down in 2009, it was the largest church in the River Valley, not because of me, but because of him, because of obedience to God. Carol and I participated in every one of those building programs, and we never made a commitment when we had the money in our hand. We asked the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart, and we wanted to release our faith to believe God, not for what we had, but for what he could provide through our faith. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge all of us. I'd never ask you to do anything I'm, that we're not going to do ourselves. But I'm going to ask you today as I close this message and close this service to take a moment right now and make a commitment to the Lord. Make a commitment to Jesus that over the next seven days, over the next seven days, it's ne next Sunday we're supposed to do this. Is that right? Over the next seven days, you will pray. You'll do what Jabez did. You will pray and ask the Lord what he would have you to commit to over the next three years. How many of you know buildings in Baldwin County, in Gulf Shores and Foley and Orange Beach cost money today? How many of you figured that out? I mean, you can go to the real estate office and speak in tongues, but they're not going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. And, and I'm going to tell you this. The government is not going to provide us a building. They're not going to do that. And I'm glad they're not. I don't want them involved in that. And besides that, I, I, I love the opportunity of sowing seed in good soil. Can you imagine what this is going to be just to watch what God does? So I'm going to ask you right now, I'm going to ask that no one leave the building in the next few moments. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how old or young you are. I'm going to challenge you right now to stand with me all over this building. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. Amen. They're going to give us just, just some soft music here. We're going to just take a moment and let God speak to our hearts. If you're with your spouse, you might want to just join hands right now. You don't have to do that, but, but you can. You may, be, you may be a retired person that is on a limited income. I know about that. I pastored a whole church full of folks like that. You may be a teenager in high school. You may be a college student. I'm asking God to help us to have 100% participation. What's your, what's your little phrase? Not necessarily equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Now, I am asking you, I want to back up. I am asking you to make, to open your heart to making a sacrifice. In one of the building programs, I love boats. I had a, a really nice houseboat in Arkansas. I loved it. My wife and I cruised across up and down the river. We had, we had a great time. And I was up and I said, some of you folks have got a car truck that you don't 
you don't use much. Why don't you sell that and help us, help us build this facility? And then I got real anointed and I said, some of you got a great boat. You need to just sell that boat. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what about your boat? <laughs> so let me think about that. This is the honest truth. Not easy to sell a houseboat like I had. Put that thing in the paper like today. The next day, somebody called me and said, I'd like to take a ride on your boat. Everybody wants to ride on the boat. I, didn't, I knew it wasn't going to be a serious customer. We hadn't got out of the harbor five minutes. He turned to me and he said, how do I make this check? <laughs> but you know what? Every time I walked out on the platform, I felt like I was stepping out on the deck of my boat. Glory to God. <laughs> you know what? God can speak to our hearts. How many of you know he can make it up to you? God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Amen. Let me ask you a question, then I'm done. I'm done. I promise you I'm done before I pray. How many of you here will say, Pastor Holden, I believe God is in what we're doing here at Summit. And I'd like to make a commitment today that over the next seven days, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord what he would have me to give toward us getting our own place to worship. Put your hands up right now if that's you. You can put up both hands. That's, many of you are putting up both hands. That's what I love. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Just leave them up. Father God, I thank you for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful today, Lord, that you're speaking to our hearts and such a responsive heart from these people. Lord God, I want to thank you that you brought Carol and I to this family. This is indeed our family. And today, Lord, we need to expand our place. We need a bigger place. We need a place, Lord, that we can, that we can effectively reach every, every age person in this county, from the smallest baby to the, the oldest adult in this community. Lord, give us the place. Give us the place, O oh God, that you have for us. Now speak to our hearts over the next seven days. And Lord, as our pastor presents to us whatever, whatever the goal may be, Lord, let us sow seed in that soil in the name of Jesus. Let us, oh God, be generous, cheerful, sacrificial givers. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.